morning church, welcome to Church Online again. It's great that we're gathered together as Whitburn Pentecostal Church and if you're visiting with us this morning, let me give you a really warm welcome. I'm so glad that you can join us. Um, you might be tuning in later to this message, that's great as well. And uh, We just want to welcome everyone in to this message, uh, to this service today. And uh, as we share a message in just a little while, we hope that it really uh, blesses you, inspires you, encourages you, but also challenges you maybe. But at the moment, we're, we're really going to worship God with all that's within us. We're going to sing praise to his name this morning. So let's just bow our heads in prayer as we invite God into this time together. Father, we just thank you that you're here. Father, we thank you for every person, every family that's represented, uh, tuned in to this broadcast, whether it's uh, going out live on Sunday or whether it's later. Father, we just pray that you would presence yourself with every single person who comes into contact with this time today and Lord we just pray that you would move in it Father that you would move in our hearts this morning Father that you would do something and accomplish something in us today Father many of us have come from difficult weeks Father there's things which have been challenging for us even in this week uh, Father just things to do with the, the situation that we're in just now and the times that we face and Father how that's affecting our friends Father how it's affecting our families and Lord, we just come before you, and Father, we ask that you would move in us today. Father, that you move in this situation. Father, that you move in our nation as it just goes through such a, a difficult time. <clears throat> and Father, we just want to we want to just bring this before you and ask that you would move. And Father, that you would cause this uh, disease to come to an end sooner rather than later. Father, we've come this morning to worship you. We've come to lift up the name of Jesus in our praise. Father, we've come to honour you. And Father, even, even though life is difficult, Father, we still declare that we're going to praise your name. And so, Father, that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to sing your praise. We're going to give glory to you. And so, Father, we just ask that you would just move in our praise, that you come and live in our praise, that you'd inhabit it. And Father, that you'd accomplish your purposes. In Jesus' name we ask. Let's, let's really worship God as we sing this morning.
thank him that we can praise him that we can sing his praise regardless of the circumstances that we face regardless of what's going on in our, our lives there's just something about our hearts that just move upwards father we, we know that even in difficult circumstances we can come to you we can pray to you we can just lift our our whole being up to you and father we just pray that as we do that that you would come and that you'd meet with us lord we know that your holy spirit lives in us Father, we were just thinking about that last week in the message, how your spirit lives within us. And Father, we're just so privileged to know uh, your spirit within us. And so, Father, we just pray. We pray, help us to really experience that, to enter into all that that means for us. Father, help us not to hold back today, but just to really enter into the fullness of what you have for us. In Jesus' name we ask.
your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. And Father, we just pray that that would be our experience today. Father, for those who are taking part in the service today, Father, we just pray that you bring up new things out of the ashes. Father, that you'd help us to leave our regrets and our mistakes in the past. And Father, we just want to, we want to just enter into all that you have for us. And Father, we just hear your voice this morning. The words of this song say, Jesus is calling. Help us to hear his voice. Help us to hear his voice this morning. And so Father, we just pray that as we turn to your word in just a little second, Father, as we go into the book of Haggai again, Father, we just pray that our ears would be open, our spiritual ears, our spiritual eyes would be open to hear all that you have for us. Father, that you would speak. Father, that you would speak into our circumstances. Father, that you would speak into our church. Father, that you would speak into every heart and life that's tuned into this service. And so, Father, we just pray that you would be glorified in all that we say and do. Father, we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to church. I'm so glad that you're with us today. If you're part of Whitburn Pentecostal Church, let me give you a warm welcome. If you're visiting with us this morning online, you are equally warmly welcomed. And if you have an opportunity once church gathers to come along and be part of church in Whitburn Pentecostal Church, then we would love to have you there. But it's great to be here, great to be uh, in each other's company today as we listen uh, to God's word, as we think about what that means. You know, I have really enjoyed just worshipping God this morning and, you know, I, I look to the things that God wants to do as he speaks through his word. Before I, I really delve into God's word this morning, I just want to remind us of what God has said to us. Just a couple of things that we're in a new season as a church. At that time when I... Uh, announced that God, I felt God was saying we're in a new season. I had no idea that that included COVID-19, that it included lockdown, that it included restrictions on our freedom and so many other things. I had no idea. But here we are. But it's a new season that God has taken us into. We're in that new season and it's starting to, to really uh, take shape as it were. The other thing that I wanted to remind us of is what God had said about um, this is not a business as usual year. I really felt that God say uh, that God had said at the start of the year uh, that this is not going to be a business as usual year. And I don't know about you, I can certainly identify with that. This is not business as usual. This is not business as usual. Having a camera, having lights, having laptop here, notes here, band here, spread out across this, this room. This is not business as usual. And I think God is doing something in the, the not business as usual time. He, he is maybe loosening up some of the roots of things that we've held on to, traditions and things that we've uh, held on to for a long time. So it's not business as usual. And I want to encourage us in that. And I want to challenge us as the church today in this message. And I want to challenge you, if you lead or you take responsibility for a group, for an outreach, for a ministry in the church, uh, maybe that's connect groups or working with kids or youth or, or whatever that might be, then then I am challenging you today to rise to the, uh, the challenge today of being in a new season and it not being business as usual because I really believe God wants to do some new things in our church. 
Let's just pray for a second before we read read uh, God's word. Father, we just thank you that you've gathered us today, Lord. We pray that as we read from the scriptures, that you would open up our hearts to understand what you want to say. And Father, that you would just come and meet with us in the place where we are today. In Jesus' name, amen. So turn to Haggai chapter 2. We're going to read uh, from verses 6 to 9. Um, it's up on the screen. Uh, we'll be up on the video uh, with you as well. So I'm just going to read through this passage in it. You know, Haggai is, is following on from what we, we thought about last week. And he says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake the nations, all nations, and the desired of all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The former, uh, sorry, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. What an incredible passage of scripture we've just read. And as we read this, we need to understand that there are layers of meaning in scripture. Um, sometimes we, we just kind of read things on the surface and we take things uh, at a kind of surface level. But often there's, there's things underneath that we need to, to really mine and to, 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 to try and understand and grasp and grapple with. And our understanding of scripture grows as our understanding of God grows, our understanding of who he is and his purposes. But also as we understand the big picture of scripture, we begin to understand and begin to be able to interpret what scripture is actually saying to us. And so we need to, we need to think carefully about what um, Haggai is actually saying here, who's it addressed to? Well, it's addressed to a Jewish audience, you know, 2,400 and odd years ago. Um, and it's addressed to them for a specific situation. They've come out of captivity. They've been in captivity for 70 years. You know, this has been like a lifetime for some people. Some people have uh, went into captivity and have died in captivity. Some people born in captivi ca captivity have come back. And it's, it's just an unprecedented time for them as a people. They've begun to build their own houses, but Haggai comes and challenges them, and, and he says that the temple of God is lying here in a mess. Your own houses, you're working hard in your own houses to get them looking great, but you've not considered God's house. You've not considered the temple, and this is the challenge that he brings to them. You know, we have this incredible perspective as we look back on historical events to see that actually what happened here was real, uh, that what happened uh, uh, was an actual fact of history. So we can look back and we can see that uh, we can see Solomon's temple was built. It was destroyed by the Babylonians. Uh, then the people returned from captivity uh, under the, the, the reign of Cyrus, who was a Persian king. And they began to rebuild a second temple. That second temple was destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans. And there's actually, you can go and visit places where you can see artifacts from the temple being carried off by Roman soldiers. It's, it's engraved in stone uh, in certain places. Um, Solid TV, just can't remember exactly where it was uh, off the top of my head. Um, but you can actually see the things that were in the temple being carried off by Roman soldiers. It's, it's part of history. It's an undeniable part of history. So we look back in that. We also look back and we see, uh, we can look back and, and look at the things that maybe Haggai saw uh, in the future, we can look back and see them as history as well. How Jesus was born, uh, how he died, how he was raised to life, 
how he ascended back to the Father, how the church began. Uh, we look back in that history, we can see these things. But Haggai, as he looked forward, he only saw like little glimpses of some of that. And I, I think that one of the things that he's saying in this passage that's, that's here on the screen for us is, is that he's looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. So there is a future in prophecy as well. So some of the things that we read, I said there's layers of meaning, there's different uh, layers of, of understanding. I think some of the things that we read in Scripture have yet to be fulfilled. And so we look forward to, to the, those things being fulfilled. You know, the, the, the title of my message today is The Glory of This Present House. That's where I want to start off today, the glory of this present house. And it will become clear why I'm sharing that as I go on. And uh, if, if I go just sort of flick through the scriptures here, this is what it says. Um, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and the desired of all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory, declares the Lord. There's coming a time where Jesus is going to come and he is going to accomplish these things. There are many people who today, I think, uh, think that this current season that we're in uh, is living in the shaking that Haggai is talking about. I have a question about that. And I said last week I have a voice for our local church. I don't have a prophetic voice for the nation or certainly uh, for nations. I have a local voice and I'm trying to speak into our local church uh, today. Think about recent history. Think about September the 11th, 2001. A time where there was a, a, a real shaking uh, and you know it might not have been global but certainly pretty much all of the globe uh, was was affected in some way. There'd be some areas of our uh, globe which have no uh, access to, to the media that we do who would never have known what was happening. And yet it was a time of shaking and it was a time when things changed as a result. And I think that when, when things get shaken up, there's always a change after that. We can never go back to normal. And so when I say it's not business as usual, we are not going to go back to normal as a church because normal will have changed in the process of time between us uh, not being able to meet together and be between us coming back together again as church. I think there are new things that God wants to do and so we are changed. You know, I came across this uh, quote a while back that a mind stretched to a new idea never returns to its original shape. Once we have been exposed to something, we've been exposed to it and, and we can't go back. You know, we can't go back and say, okay, I want to go back to, to the good old days where everything was simple and I could understand everything. And you know, we, we can't go back. We just can't do that. We need to keep moving forward and we need to understand the season that we're in. My personal opinion, and this is purely my personal opinion, is that the shaking that we're experiencing, not only as a church or as a nation, but nations across the world, I believe that the current shaking that we're experiencing is a catalyst to future events. And I'm not sure that I can explain all that really, but as I read scripture, as I read prophecy, as I read the words of Isaiah, I, I can see that there are still things which he has spoken about 700 years or so before the birth of Christ. He spoke accurately about the birth of Christ. 
about his death, his resurrection. He spoke accurately about all these things. But there are still some things that he says in his book that have still to be fulfilled. And as I read that, I think that the current shaking that we experience as, uh, as nations uh, in, in this world of ours is a catalyst to future events. It is something that is changing us, is changing society. It will change the way that society thinks and it will take us forward into a new normal, a different type of future from the trajectory that we were already on. I, I wonder sometimes if, you know, thinking about there being layers of meaning, if Haggai was referring uh, not only to, to something that would happen to those people in his day, um, but he was referring to, to, to the first coming of the Messiah. And as I read about Jesus, and I think about this whole concept of shaking, I read in Matthew chapter 27, let me read this out for us. In Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 to 53, this is what it says. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. This is the point where Jesus is hanging on the cross and it says that about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a, loy, a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. And that's, that's how it's written uh, in the New International Version as well, by the way, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Imagine the suffering Messiah on a cross shouting out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He went through a time of deep personal shaking for us. He went through just catastrophic experiences for us that our sins might be forgiven. And then it goes on to say that when some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it uh, with wine, vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. And the rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And then it goes on to say, and when Jesus had cried out in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. He shouted out, it is finished. The work that he had come to do was finished. He had paid the price for our sin, for your sin, for my sin. And he had dealt with that. Our account was wiped out. I said a few weeks ago, I don't look back with regrets. Yeah, there's some things uh, I kind of think with the benefit of hindsight, I would go back and do some things differently. But I know that God has forgiven me for my past, for the guilt that comes to creep up in me from my past. God's forgiven me. Anyway, that's an aside. But at the moment where Jesus cries out, it's finished, it says, at that moment, the curtain in the temple, this is the second temple that we're talking about today, the curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom. That dividing wall that separated the, the, the holy place from the holy of holies, the place where only the priest was allowed to go, that curtain tore from top to bottom. And it says that the earth shook and the rocks split. And the tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Incredible words that we read here. Haggai is maybe talking about a time where there was a shaking, a shaking that would come upon the earth, a physical shaking, an earthquake shaking, but the sky went dark. Everything changed that day. And I wonder if Isaiah is looking forward to this 
event in history, which for us is an event in history, but a time in the future for him, where there would be a shaking of all sorts of things. Or maybe Haggai is looking forward to a future time, even in our time, where there'll be a shaking that is going to affect the heavens, the earth, the sea, the dry land, and all nations, a shaking that will come on the earth. The Bible talks about a time where Jesus will come back again. He talks about, uh, the, the Bible talks about a time where the church will be caught up to meet with him in the air. You can read that in First Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning from verse 13, a verse which I found personally really liberating in my understanding of God's purposes. And that after the church is taken up, there'll be a time uh, where there'll be tribulation on the earth, but then that will come to an end and there'll be a time where there's a thousand years of peace on earth. And then there'll be some other things which happen and then just catastrophic uh, change in the earth. You know, this is, this is way beyond our time, I think, uh, to understand. <clears throat> but I think Haggai is talking about a time in the future where there will be a shaking in the whole earth. This is backed up by other prophets like Isaiah as well. The reality is that none of us like to be shaken up. We don't like to be shaken up. We don't like to be taken out of our comfort zone. We all like to be comfortable. It's our, it's our natural inclination is to seek out comfort. And so the times that we're in, so many people are saying, I'm hating this lockdown. I, I'm, I'm hating not being at church, I'm hating not being able to get out and have a coffee or go uh, shopping and, and all these kind of things, you know. So we don't like being out of our comfort zone. We don't like being shaken up. And there's a, a sense in which, there's a sense in which even though uh, we, we, we like that comfort, the time that we're in just now can be a new comfort zone. It can be a new normal, as people have been saying. And I challenge this church not to settle down into comfort, even in uh, the fact that we're not in church today, we're meeting in our homes, but we're meeting online. Don't get too comfortable with that. Don't get settled down into, into uh, church online. I, I think we will continue church online, but there's no substitute for church gathered. And the Bible says don't forsake meeting together. And that's about meeting together in small groups and meeting together as big church. And I would say as well, if you're not in a connect group, you need to get into a connect group. You need to connect with people. Anyway, I'm getting off my notes here. One of the things that I shared uh, just a few weeks ago was about uh, this whole parable that Jesus told about uh, not putting new wine into old wineskins. And there's this phrase in there that's, you know, some people will say the old wine's good enough. Let me say, church, we can't go back to the way we were. We can't go back to old wine. We can't go back to uh, the way things were because God's want to do something new. God's want to shake things up in the church, not just our local church. But as I look, I think God is shaking up things in the church globally and God is doing some things uh, that are going to bring change uh, and the ch it will be change that will last. You see, it's not good enough to go back to the way we were. And a mind stretched to a new idea never returns to its original shape. We can go back to where we were a few weeks ago. And it's getting to the point where it's almost months ago. We can't go back. As challenging as this is, we can't go back to the way it was. Because I think God is shaking us up 
for a reason. He's shaking us up to take us into the future which he has for us as a church. And then he goes on to say, And the desire of all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord. And there's a sense in which, in this passage of scripture, this is one of the hardest bits to interpret. What, what is it actually talking about? What does it mean by this? And I don't have time to, to go into the, the arguments for and against different viewpoints. There are primarily two different viewpoints. But I believe this passage uh, is, is talking about the, the day when the desire, the one person, the desire of all nations will come. And Isaiah talks about this person. It's a person, I think he's talking about Jesus, the desire of all nations. It says in scriptures, as you look about uh, as you look at things that are still to happen, it says that uh, every, every, everybody will come, everybody will see Jesus, everybody will be uh, uh, knowing who he is and, and, and will see him for who he is. Um, Isaiah talks uh, about, about Jesus being the desired of all nations, talks about this glory that fills the house. And uh, in Isaiah 40, verse 5, it says, And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it. All mankind. I think he's talking about Jesus, who everybody will see. It also goes on to say, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Isaiah chapter 60. And even Luke, who wrote that book in the New Testament, Dr. Luke, he said, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Luke chapter 2 verse 32. It's also mentioned Isaiah. That same thing about a light to the Gentiles is mentioned in Isaiah 9-2, Isaiah 42-6 and Isaiah 49-6. About Jesus being the glory that comes and fills the temple. The reality is that the Jewish people are still waiting on their Messiah coming. And they're waiting on the Messiah coming to the temple. The problem is they've got no temple at the moment because it was destroyed in 70 AD and never rebuilt. So they're waiting on the Messiah. The problem is they missed the Messiah. And so because they missed the Messiah, we have the benefit of being able to be part of God's plan and his kingdom. And then it goes on to say that the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace. I talked about layers of meaning of scripture. So there's things that we need to understand when we're trying to interpret scripture. The historical context, the cultural context, who was writing it, who they were speaking to, why were they saying what they were saying, what was the immediate application for the people that were reading, is there uh, is it only for that particular people group and maybe we can learn some things for it, from it? Or is it that there's an application for that people group at that particular time as well as for future generations? And so when we're reading scripture, we need to understand how to interpret things. But the Bible is a living word. The Bible is God-breathed, it's alive, it's active in our hearts. It says that it's sharper even than a two-edged sword, if you can imagine a sword in your hand. You know, just go down to the kitchen and use your sharpest knife that you've got to cut up some vegetables. You know, the Bible is like a sharp sword that, 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 that is able to divide between soul and spirit, our understanding of who we are and who God is. <coughs> and so, 
we, we've, we've got the fact that there's a historical cultural context of what Haggai says, but then God can enliven the Bible to us in, in our time and in our experience as well. One example of that is Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19, Behold, I do a new thing, which is a foundational verse for me. It was a verse which was given to me, which went into my heart as a little seed and then began to grow as the years passed, and it literally is years, but it's a seed which has grown and a seed which has taken root in my heart. The word has become like a seed in my life that gives me direction and, and helps me to, to process things as I go forward. And it's the same with this passage in Haggai, where it says the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. It says it on the screen here. A few years ago, uh, one of the ladies in our church, Linda, slipped me a little piece of paper and I was like, oh, thank you for that, you know, and it arrived at just the right time. And I opened up this little piece of paper and as I read it, this is what it said. It says the glory of this former house, uh, sorry, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know, I wonder what that means. You take it away, you write it down, you pray about it, you read it over, you meditate on it, and if I'm being honest, I actually forgot that Linda had given me that piece of paper and had given me that word. That's why we need to write things down and we need to go back over the things that God has sent to us as individuals. We have a responsibility as leaders to do that for the church as well. And I had forgotten about this word until one day on the 29th of April, 2018, Ron got up to speak and Ron is a great friend of our church, uh, a friend to our local house. And Ron began to share some things about the glory of God and how the glory of God would come and fill the temple. And I revisited that message. Why? Because as I read this verse, there was a note in my Bible, and it's electronic notes, uh, just so that you understand. There was a note in my Bible about Linda giving this word and this word being shared by Ron. And I thought, I'm going to go back and read this because I think this is significant for today, for now, for our church, for today in the season that we're in. And I listened to that message again this week, took some fresh notes, um, uh, transcribed something which I'm going to share and then sent it to Ron so that he could be praying about it as well. And I want us just to spend a little minute uh, listening to this word. I'm, I'm going to uh, do some hopefully uh, editing uh, and so that you can listen without the distraction of me and just listen to the word uh, that, that Ron shared with us. So, so here we go. Um, this is on the message. Um, it begins at 23 minutes in on the message. Let's listen to it. But God will set this church aside, the purposes of which it was brought into the kingdom for such a day as this, is that God is going to keep removing veils off this church. I prophesy it. We're lifting veils off people's eyes, lifting veils off, so that God will start to increase his glory in this place. And the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. That never happened in the natural, but I want to tell you, in these days, I believe God is going to increase the house and there's going to be an increase of glory. It's going to take place. There's a price. There's a price. It's not works. It's 
not anything that we can do. It's what we give back to God, what God has given to us. I love the story that C.S. Lewis talks about. C.S. Lewis talks about a story called Sixpence None the Richer. Sixpence None the Richer is a story of a, a father who gives his little boy or little girl sixpence. Yeah, dear, here's sixpence. And the little girl goes out and buys her father a, a birthday present for sixpence and brings it back and gives it to him. The reality is the father is sixpence none the richer. It was his sixpence in the first place. He's not any richer. He didn't gain anything. But what he gained was love, affection, adoration. God gives us grace. God gives us life. God gives us. We can't come before him and say, well, I'm just going to make your life a bit better, God. Here. I can say this. He's Stevie, none the richer. (laughs) He's Ron, none the richer. But what he does have is a surrendered vessel that yields adoration and love and obedience. I'm making sense? So we don't leave this place saying, that Ron Edwards bloke from Australia, he said I've got to work harder. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm saying yield more. Obey more. Respond more. Set time aside. Soak more. Always interesting to hear an Australian doing an Australian accent, isn't it? Um, but thanks to Ron for uh, for that word um, back in uh, it's almost two years ago to today. It'd be two years ago on Wednesday when Ron shared that uh, word in our church, and I really resonated with it at the time that that God was wanting to lift things off veils, things that stop us from seeing God and his purposes. And I believe that he's been doing that and he will continue to do that so that the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. God wants to do a new thing in the church. God wants to bring us into a new place, a new understanding of who he is, a new understanding of his purpose, a new understanding for his purpose for you, for your life in this church. And maybe for some people who listen to this message today, God has a plan and a purpose for you that he wants you to walk into, to step into, to believe him for and to chase after, to seek God first, to seek his kingdom, to seek his righteousness. And then all these other things that you're looking for will be added to you. I was talking to the kids on Wednesday night on Facebook and just saying that God gives us the things that we need. He doesn't always give us what we want, but he gives us what we need. Let's stop desiring after all these other things and seek him first and seek his kingdom. And Ron said here that we need to yield more, we need to obey more, we need to respond more, we need to set aside time more to soak and just to be in God's presence. It's about us surrendering our lives to him and asking him to have his way among us. One of these uh, just fantastic moments in scripture is when Jesus says, and he's in the garden, he's kneeled down, he's about to be crucified, he knows what he's going to go through, and he's kneeling down and he's praying, and he's saying to God, if there's any other way that this can be taken from me, then let it be done. But nevertheless, and it's that word, nevertheless, let Your will be done. Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples and showing them how to pray, he said, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are we looking for God's will to be done? Are we looking for his kingdom to come? Are we looking for that in our own lives, in our families' lives, in the life of the church? Are we prepared to move into the new season, to be part of the new season, to live in the new season, to seek God in the new season? Are we prepared to do that? Or are we happy with the old wine? Are we happy with the old way of doing things? Let me tell you, church, as far as I'm concerned, we can't go back to the way things were. We've got to keep moving forward. We've got to surrender ourselves to God day by day by day. We've got to worship God. We've got to lean into his presence and seek his presence as we've been praying for this service today and praying for the presence of God, even though we're separated, praying for the presence of God in your living room today. These prayers have went up before today, before this recording even happened, before Sunday even happened. These prayers have went up that we might experience something anew of the presence of God in our church. Let's not wait till lockdown's finished. Let's keep telling people about Jesus. And I've been so encouraged to hear at least two testimonies of people who've come to know Jesus in the last few weeks because they're connected with people in this church. And I would say as well, if you're listening to this today and you're a prodigal, you have known what it is to be part of God's family and you have left the church and you've wandered away and you've done your own thing, God is calling you today to get yourself back into relationship with him, to come back to him, to recognise who he is and what he has done in your life because he loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. And like the story of the prodigal son in the Bible that Jesus talk, talked about, the father was out looking for the son coming back and he saw him in the distance and he ran towards him with open arms. I'm glad that we're coming back to the father. Sometimes... Things have happened in church life and we, we don't want to come back to the brother. We don't want to come back to the sister. Because they're saying, aye, what's he all about? We know what he's been up to. We come not to the brother or to the sister, but to the father. And I'm glad the prodigal met the father first. I'm pretty sure Ron shared a message similar to this uh, just uh, recently in our church. But we need to gain an understanding of the times that we're in church. We need to understand that God is right here in the middle with us. God has not left this local church. And we need to hear that and we need to understand that. God has not left this church. God has not left his church. The Bible says that he will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God loves his church. The church is described as being a bride and God loves his church. Jesus died for the church. And he died for your sin and for mine, that we might be the church, that we might be one, that we, we might be united, that we might love each other. And by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. We can't go back. We can't change the past. God can deal with your past. Maybe you've never experienced God in your life before. Maybe you've never asked God to come into your life. The things which are in your past that you're ashamed of, God can come and he can wipe the slate clean and give you a fresh start. A new day, a new start. We can't go back and change the past. We can't control the future. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. None of us know that. We don't know what tomorrow holds for us. But we know this one thing, that in this moment, God lives in the moment with us. He's already in the future. Let me say, he already knows what's going to happen and it's all under control.
we need to seek God for today and for the moment that we're living in. And my question and my challenge, church, is do you trust him? And if you don't, will you trust him? I think I said a while back about being willing. Are you willing to follow Jesus? And if at this point you're not willing because of, I don't know why. Maybe there are reasons why you're not willing to follow Jesus. But are you willing to be made willing? Are you willing to be made willing? Are you willing to allow God to work in your life? Let me encourage this church. As it talks about in Hebrews, we started off in the book of Hebrews when we went into lockdown and thinking about some uh, things that, that God wanted to say to us from Hebrews. But there's a passage in there where it talks about fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We keep our eyes fixed on him. Matthew 6.33 talks about seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you. I think that was the key message that Haggai brought to the people of his day. Seek God first. Seek his kingdom. Seek his righteousness. Get the temple built. Get worship in God. And then all these other things that you're trying to do just now. And by the way, they weren't working very well for them, let me say. Things weren't working well for them. They were reaping little, sowing much. There was not a lot of things going well for them until they put God in his place and put God first. And when they did that, God began to open up things for them. And that's the challenge for us as a church today, that we put God first as a church, that we put his kingdom and his righteousness first and look to God for all the other things to be added to us. I trust this message challenges you today. This message was intended to be a challenge today. Slightly different from the messages that I've been preaching over the past during lockdown. It is a challenge. It's a challenge to me to put God first. It's a challenge for us to put God first corporately as well. Leaders, are you up for the challenge? Leaders in Whitburn Pentecostal Church, are you up for the challenge? Are you going to make yourself available for the things that God wants to do in this church? Are you going to make yourself available? Because when we do, when we make ourselves available, then he will accomplish the rest. You know, somebody once said ages ago, and I, I appreciated it, uh, I appreciated it at the time, that it's not about our ability, it's our availability. And so I challenge you, are you going to make yourself available to the things that God wants to do in this church? Let's just pray for a little second. Father, we pray that you would seal this message in our hearts today. Father, help us to realise that you have a plan and a purpose for this church. Lord, that there are things which you want to do uh, which uh, have never happened before in the life of this church. New things, a new day, a new season where new things begin to happen. And Father, we pray that you would fill your house with your glory. Father, we pray that you would fill this church with your presence. Father, that you would fill this church with the things of God. Father, the things which we can't explain we see them happening, but we can't explain them. Lord, we pray that there'd be a fresh outpouring of your spirit in our church. Lord, that there would be a fresh anointing in every man, woman, boy, girl, young person. Father, that we might move into the purposes which you have for us as a church. Lord, we pray, accomplish your word over our church. Father, we pray that you do it for your glory. And Father, we, we have said this so many times. It's not about us looking good or cool 
or being the next best thing. That's not what this is about. Father, this is about your kingdom and your righteousness and your purposes and your church. But it's also about the people that you want to come into that relationship with you. Father, people who don't know Jesus yet, who've never known Jesus, that you want to bring them into this church and into a family where they can belong and where they can grow and where they can grow in their understanding of who you are. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. In fact, and just as I say these things, I'm going to pray another prayer. You know, maybe you've never made that decision to become a Christian. God has a plan which he is working out throughout time and history. God is inviting you in to be part of that plan to find your place in the things that he's doing in this world. God is inviting you in. He sent his son to die for you. As we read just earlier on from scripture about the things that happened when Jesus died, how there was this earthquake and just things get turned upside down. There's this shaking in the earth. He did that for you and he did that for me. And I want to invite you today, if you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, that this is your day, this is your time to make that decision. I'm hearing a little voice in my ear and it's not somebody in a production studio <laughs> because we're not that technical. I'm hearing the Holy Spirit this week saying that there are people who have heard this message repeatedly. They've heard it over and over and over and over again. And some people listen to this message today. I've heard the message about Jesus over and over again and you've not made that decision. And I feel God is challenging you today to say this is the day where you need to make that decision. I said we can't control the past. God can forgive our past. We have no idea over the future and what, what lies in it and we have no control over that. This is the day. This is the moment where God invites you to put your trust in him, to surrender your life to him, to be yielded to God, to obey God, to respond to God, to set time aside to be with God and to speak to God. This is your day. And I just felt that little whisper in my ear through the week as I was praying about this message today. And so I challenge you and encourage you to pray this prayer. Let's bow our heads a second time as we pray this prayer. Dear God, I recognise that I've messed up things in my past. There are things in my past which I have no control over. But I pray that you would come in to my life, that you would forgive me for my sin, forgive me for my wrong attitudes, forgive me for the hardness in my heart. And I pray that you would come and that you would put a new heart in me, a soft heart, that your Holy Spirit would come in to my life and live in my life and give me the strength to move into the future, your future for me, and to live my life the way that you want me to live it. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you've prayed that prayer today, then I believe God wants to do something special in you, to use you in his plan and purpose for this world. Let me know uh, through Facebook, through uh, clicking uh, somewhere down below, leaving a comment, private message, whatever it is. Uh, go over to our website, whatburnpentecostal.com. There's a section on the website where you can uh, connect with us. You can send us an email and let us know. And we have some things that we want to send out to you to encourage you on this journey and to just bring you in uh, to be part of uh, the family of God and the things that he's doing. 
So I just want to finish off our time, uh, as, as we always do, by just praying that the Lord blesses you, that he protects you, and uh, that the God of all comfort and all peace will come and meet with you in your home this week, and that he will just fill your heart with such a tremendous hope for the future and the things which he has for you. And so just let me wish you a great week, church. I can't wait till we're back together again, you know, and all the different facets of church. I'm missing you. We're missing you. We love you. And we just long to be back together again. And we keep praying for you and praying uh, for God's purposes in our church. So be blessed. Have a great week.